Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the fan-sided podcast network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me, fellow contributor and uh, all-around good guy, Akshaz Dovidola. Akshaz, how are we doing, man? We're doing good, Robert. Um, we have changed up our recording schedule a little bit, so we're in uncharted territory right now, so I'm excited. <laughs> very, this very true. This might be the best podcast episode or the worst one, and there is no in between. It, it's it's that's that's very true. Um, so little peek behind the curtain. Normally we, uh, record late late in the evening, uh, time. So you know you you've probably figured that out because we're usually talking about like Monday night football or Thursday night football. So you can kind of guess at our at our general recording time. But uh, had to move things move some things around. We're actually recording in the morning, during the day. I can see the sun and everything shining through the windows it's amazing um i i like that i'm 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 in favor but you know this is this is also harder (laughs) to work out most of the time so um there you go but uh there uh is a is a football game that that we need to talk about that's coming up this this weekend on sunday night uh the niners have totally flipped uh flipped things around last week they were the first uh game of the wild card weekend now they're the final game of the of the divisional rounds. That means everything else will be decided by the time uh, the 49ers play at 6:30 uh, Eastern time, 3:30 Pacific time. That that's got to be like a strange, a real strange time to start for the West Coasters. Like it's not like an early game, but it's not a night game, so it's middle of the afternoon, kind of strange. But perfect time for me. I I I enjoy it. Sun, the Sunday night 6:30 um, <laughs> start time is is great for me because it's usually those Sunday night Monday night games are like on the edge of you know, they get started at 8.15, 8.30, and by the time they're done, it's like, oh, okay. Well, well I don't know about this, but I'm I'm, in, I'm definitely in favor of the 6.30 start time, even though they would never do it because it's such a horrible time for the, for the rest of the country. But the East Coast bias says let's do it all the time. Yeah. Um, actually, one of my friends was talking a little bit about the time slot, and he said it's basically – the Super Bowl time slot, which is a really interesting oh, that's true. kind of is different, but you know, it kind of makes sense. This is without a shadow of a doubt, the biggest draw I think the NFL could have. And it's gonna be a good game too. It's not one of these teams is barely in and the other one is cruising along. This will be a fun one. And you know, I'm not old enough to have lived through the 49ers Cowboys 90s rivalries mm. in like any way but you can tell that there's some bad blood and I I I'm excited because sometimes you know fans don't like each other it seems like Shanahan understands the legacy of it all and then he also factored last year in that hilarious ending to the Dallas 49ers game and you know we could be brewing a new modern rivalry again yeah um i unfortunately was alive for for that uh so it was the the cowboys in the early 90s and then it was the packers in the late 90s two teams that the the 49ers could not seem to dispense of um and then of course moved on to to the seahawks when the when they moved into the nfc west and all that stuff but it's it's definitely one of those teams from that that you just look at and you just go i just don't get it like i don't there's nothing likable about them they have unlikable ownership they have just an unlikable overall persona that's just me um (laughs) i i'm sure i've met some cowboys fans that are not completely insufferable but for the most part (laughs) they just there's a vibe and i'm and i'm sure that there are fans of all sports all sports teams that would that would give off that vibe and if you put the wrong ones in the room you'd be like oh all such and such fans are are insufferable but and it, and it's also a little bit of the the job of of each individual fandom to to think that at least one other fan base that they root against all the time is 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 more difficult than they might be um actually <laughs> that does lead me to I, I wrote i wrote something down that i wanted to talk about but i was going to do it a little bit later but i think it slides in nicely so did you hear about this thing um speaking of of fan bases uh and not being on the on the up and up so there was a, a dallas radio station i don't know if you heard about this um that basically i was gonna say they insinuated but they the guy pretty much just said straight up 
that they could use a Christian McCaffrey injury, that that would be super helpful in their victory, um, which has not really gone over particularly well with 49ers fans. I saw this morning uh, he was trying to back you know, back it off, you know, walk it back a little bit. Oh, you know, I wasn't saying that I hope he get in, he gets injured and yada, yada, just that, you know, he has a, a, a injury history and, and just pointing that out. But like the words we could use a McCaffrey injury came out of his mouth. Um, not a, not a good look in that particular case, just as a sort of starting point for the conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a like ridiculous thing to say because I I saw like the clip and I don't have the full like radio conversation context, but I have enough to like just like uh, situate it a little bit and it's just a weird like line of progression because it starts out very normally. It's just like oh you know they got McCaffrey and now they're super good and it's like yeah McCaffrey's finally healthy you know. He hasn't been able to stay healthy, but now he gets there and he's healthy, which is like true, but not true. McCaffrey's been like dealing with the nagging knee, ankle stuff, nothing serious. But from there, it's just, yeah, you know, we could use him being out. And it's such an absurd like jump. I, I don't know. People are people say is silly things sometimes when it comes to football that's this is true um yeah i it didn't it's certainly like one of those things like come on dude like at least admit like saying it is is bad trying to walk it back as if you weren't as if you didn't say the thing you said sort of made me go just like major eye roll like we we heard what you said everybody heard what you said it's recorded it's out there in the world like just say hey that was stupid i shouldn't have said it move on um because you know we all say silly stupid things and in in the the heat of moments when it comes to certain things especially sports it seems but um yeah i just wanted to to talk about that and point that out and just be like hey that was dumb um anyway so the 49ers hosting the cowboys sunday afternoon evening depending on where you are as we already talked about uh dallas pretty much took care of tom brady and the buccaneers in their wild cup wild card matchup uh, in Tampa in what was particularly ugly, ugly game for Tom Brady. Um, so now uh, we're, we're already with the season with, with the off season, not even begun yet. We're only like halfway through the playoffs and we've already got two of the aging quarterbacks to talk about. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers has, has been out since the regular season ended. Now Tom Brady is done. So of course now the, 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 uh, all the conversations about whether or not they're going to retire or whether or not they're going to move to other teams or whatnot can begin in full. We talked last last week about how the the conversation around Trey Lance for the offseason has already started. I don't know why we're skipping the rest of the playoffs and just starting in on the on the offseason stuff. We've got plenty of time to talk about it, and it's just very frustrating. Um, but, yeah, so it's going to be, as you said, a, an, a, an exciting matchup and um I, I think that uh, one of the good things is that we've we've talked about this again over the last couple of weeks. Um, the 49ers are pretty remain pretty healthy. Uh, it looks like Ambry Thomas is still going to be out this week um, with that that ankle injury that's been bothering him for a long time. And of course, Jimmy Garoppolo is still out. Um, but other than that, it looks like they still remain about as healthy as they can be. I know Javon Kinlaw and Samson, Samson, Samson Ebicom and Juwan Jennings have all been limited this week in practice. I get the impression that Kinlaw, that's just a, we got to be real careful with him because he's been, he's been helpful for this team and just, you know, don't want to get out there and wear him down. And then Ebicom and Jennings is just similar kind of thing. Uh, you know, they had little sm- small injuries uh, after the game on, on Sunday. So, uh, you know, might as well, or on Saturday, sorry, you might as well let them <laughs> take a break and, and not push it too hard at this point in the season. There's not a major benefit to that. Um, I imagine most of the preparation is is mental at this particular juncture. And so uh, it seems like they're going to be good to play. Um, Dallas is in pretty good shape for the most part, too. Um, they have a couple of players so far. Again, I was recording this on Friday morning, so there's still another day of practice. And uh, before we get the final uh, the final uh, sort of count for the for the injuries, but uh, safety Jaron Curse has been limited this week with a knee injury. Uh, De- Demarcus Lawrence, pass rusher, has been also limited with a foot. And then uh, Jason, tackle Jason Peters is not 
practiced yet this week as of as of right now. Uh, he's got a hip injury. That would be something to watch because, um, you know, Dallas has had a, a fairly solid offensive line. But if uh, Peters isn't able to go, that would put them in a, an interesting predicament with the state of the 49ers defensive line. But by and large, I think it's I, I think it's good news that both teams are pretty healthy heading into this matchup because it means that there's not going to be any excuses like, oh, well, we were loot. We lost such and such a player. And so you beat us because of X, X, Y, Z. Um, so it's good, I think. Uh, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you can always quibble about like, oh, if we had, if this player had never gotten hurt way earlier, and I think fans always do some sort of rationalization, but this is going to be two teams basically at full strength going at each other. And that's super exciting to see. Beyond the like, if we just take a step back in a way and like be okay. So we're all 49ers fans who are listening to this, I assume. But if you just think about it in terms of like an NFL game that's happening in the playoffs, this is what you want. I mean, beyond a shadow of a doubt, these are two of the top three teams in the NFC that are playing each other for the first time this season with a trip to the NFC championship game on the line. Both have, great defenses both have good offenses it's it's everything it's a dream matchup and you're absolutely right having all the stars healthy and ready to play means you know you get a real good game not some weird amalgamation of a team trying to compensate for someone they desperately need yeah absolutely um we got a pretty good one last year. I think there's an argument to be made that the, the final score of that game was a lot closer than it needed to be. Um, and, of course, the conversation this week has been largely on because they played last year. Um, and you look at it and, and the conversation has really been, you know, what has who has been um, uh, improved upon and who has not, uh, which team has gotten better, which team has not, um, that sort of thing. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see where that conversation takes us throughout the, the rest of the, of the week. But, um, before we, um, b- well, let's just, let's just dive into it and, and talk about, <laughs> and talk about the game in more specifics. Um, so, uh, as always, we'll talk about reasons, uh, for optimism and reasons for concern as it relates to, uh, this game. So Agshaz, I'll start with you, uh, your reason for optimism. Yeah. So my reason for optimism is. I'll put like one for each side of the ball on the 49ers offense. There's a really interesting stat from football outsiders. It's their DVOA defense versus specific receivers. The Dallas Cowboys allow to have the highest DVOA allowed to number two receivers. I don't actually understand how that's explicitly calculated by football outsiders. So I can't tell you the causality of it. But what I can say is, as a descriptive tool, that's really, really good for the 49ers. Because the one thing we've kind of seen from this offense that makes it so elite is the fact that there's a multitude of weapons that attack you in many different ways. And something defenses have been unable to do beyond the Seahawks in the first game Brock Brady played them, and that's because he basically had no ribs and could barely throw the ball, is attack them in different ways and really just take advantage of the fact that there's almost no defense in the NFL that can match up with McCaffrey, Ayuk, Kittle, Juszczyk, and, (coughs) excuse me, Debo Samuel, all at one and take care of all of them. So this stat is really encouraging to me because there's a way, you know, the Dallas defense is talented and Trayvon Diggs is an exceptional corner when it comes to the coverage side of things. In tackling, he's not so good. But there's a real concern in terms of, like, him being able to kind of take away some opportunities Micah Parsons is a game record. The Dallas defensive line is very, very good. But there's holes to exploit, and it's all about the 49ers taking advantage of those opportunities. And then on offense, 
I just say, and this is a little less like explicitly based in some statistic, but Dak Prescott's interceptions are going to be a big deal because the 49ers were second in the league, I want to say, with 20 interceptions. And that's a that can be the game changer because we've reached the point, we talked about this in our last episode, that there's almost a sense that the 49ers offense is the one that's going to be consistent and the defense is the one that just needs to, you know, show up and make plays. And if you get situations where you can keep Dallas's offense off the field, you can just run the clock, really establish the game and steal possessions, that completely changes the complexion of the game because the 49ers are at their best when they can run the ball, they can control time of possession, then their defense knows that you have to pass, they can gear back and attack. Yeah, um, I, I think that's those are both good points. I saw that stat about the second wide receiver, and I'm, I'm also not sure how they calculate that. But I think the the big takeaway there is if you have more than one person, uh, more than one receiving option that's a high level, that they struggle with that, and it probably says something about their defensive personnel. That you know, while Trayvon Diggs is a, a top level corner in terms of the coverage skills, that maybe they're their other coverage guys are maybe not at the same the same level in terms of strength and that sort of thing. So, um, but as you note, the Niners are not just Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, but they have all those other weapons too. Um, and so, as is often the case, we talk about other defenses, opposing defenses' ability to sort of pick your poison. Um, and it seems likely, I mean, if you just look over the last couple of games, <laughs> excuse me, you know, in terms of. The, the members of the 49ers offense that have taken over at any particular time. And it's never one, never one guy, you know, George Kittle had a good run towards the end of the season where he was scoring touchdowns. Um, Devo Samuel was gone for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then all of a sudden comes back last week and uh, you know, puts a hurting on the Seahawks. And so it's, it's very much a, a matter of uh, there are so many players on this offense for the 49ers that you just have to wonder that as good as Dallas's defense has been, can they, um, do they have enough personnel, enough top level players to, to match up? And so that would also give me reason for optimism, uh, for sure. Um, right there with you with the interceptions too. uh, the, the stat that I noted in that particular case, um, and this was one of my reasons for optimism is that, uh, Dak Prescott has not gone back to back games without throwing an interception this year. Um, I believe he was the league leader in interceptions, which is pretty impressive considering he missed uh, several games in the middle of the season. Um, so you got to wonder um, if the Niners can take advantage of the fact that he tends to be uh, he has a high propensity for giving the te- giving opposing teams the ball. Um, the other thing that that I noted is um, they played a commander's team a couple of weeks ago. Uh, with the with a lot of things potentially on the line, a, a game they needed a win to have even an outside chance at winning the division, and their offense just did not show up. Now, um, I, I think it's safe to say the Commanders' defense is one of the better in the NFL. So, um, if if you if you sort of make a comparison, I've seen this this thrown around a little bit. The, the Commanders' defense is pretty good, and the 49ers' defense is quite good, and the last opportunity that they had to play a, a very high-level defense, because I think the Bucks are good in some areas and not so much in others, um, whereas the I think the Commanders and the, the 49ers' defense are both pretty stout across the board. Um, and they just they didn't show up uh, in a game that they needed to play and in a game that they needed to win in order to give themselves a shot at a division title. So that gives me... Uh, that gives me hope for for this that the the Dallas offense, which did not perform particularly well last year against the 49ers defense, which by the way was missing uh, Nick Bosa for part of the of the game and uh, Fred Warner for part of the game, and has also lost um, its secondary receiving option. Amari Cooper's no longer in Dallas; he's um, sitting on his couch somewhere, um, and so it's basically C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz and. The running game was which is quite good with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, but um, I think there's a case to be made they have gotten worse while the Niners, if they're healthy, are a better team than they were last year, and so that also uh, gives me a reason for for optimism for sure. That's a really good point about the Commanders game because 
the Cowboys, unlike the 49ers, did not waltz into the playoffs riding a super big high. You know, the division was in play, and they really struggled to get to that point. And I just think there's been a weird kind of recalibration, which almost always happens in the playoffs. Everyone overreacts to the last game of the Cowboys as this dominant Super Bowl contender with an elite offense and an elite defense based off them like beating the brakes off an eight and nine Buccaneers team that really shouldn't have been in the playoffs. So in that sense, I think it'll be an, it'll be an interesting game because both teams are very talented, but it's hard to say right now. And I don't think you can make the case that the Cowboys are heading into this game in any like better kind of like momentum shift or in a more like structured and cohesive way than the 49ers because no team in the NFL is playing better than the 49ers are right now. They've been at this for, what is it now? 11 straight wins. That's, that's, that's a type of elite like play that is hard to match. So I totally agree. The commander's game was very, very interesting because the commander's, in many ways, model the 49ers, not in like coaching style, but in like relative approach, good defensive line that applies pressure, an offense that relies on the run game, but has passing weapons. And they also started a rookie QB. So there's a lot of, I think a lot of Cowboys fans are taking solace in the 49ers getting destroyed by the Chiefs as an example that when the 49ers play a quote-unquote good team, they're not ready to show up. I think in this case, 49ers can take advantage of the fact that there's a team that was really able to do whatever they wanted to Dallas. Yeah, and I'm definitely with you there. It's, um, that was a fun time. That was that was what four, four three months ago basically that that Chiefs game, um, and they were coming off a, a letdown of a of a game against the the Falcons the week before, and it was just sort of a, a, a it was a bizarre uh, time in the season. And um, I, not to say that Dallas is not necess- is not potentially capable of doing that. I don't think they're nearly at the level offensively that the Chiefs are, but it's something to to, to watch out for. Um, I think that's that leads us nicely into the the reasons for concern. So um, I'll start with you, Akshaz, about what reason that you have for concern for this game. So reason for concern one, and this is Dallas defense against 49ers offense, is basically Dallas's elite talent. I think Brock Purdy has done everything he's need, needed to do, and he's played quite well, and he's been quite aggressive. And I'm not discounting that, but, you know, he's also been a little inaccurate. He's been flushed out of the pocket and rolling to his left a lot. He kind of takes some aggressive decisions that aren't really warranted. And so far, they haven't come back to bite the 49ers. But I think you have... In the Dallas defense, one of, if not the best ball hawks right now. And beyond all the other things that these players can or can't do, that's an element of a defense that the 49ers haven't really had to worry about because Purdy has been elite at like avoiding turnovers, whether by luck or by his own sheer talent. But you get concerned that a player like that is going to be able to take advantage of a pretty mistake and really flip the game. And then Micah Parsons. So Nick Bosa is the defensive player of the year. This goes without saying, but Micah Parsons was exceptional this year as well. And I think there's a real concern insofar as Brock Purdy has kind of, is still under the process of like mastering the pocket, which is fair, but, his propensity to try to like spill out of the pocket backwards, flushing out to the left or right, mostly to the left, works against some defenses that are frankly just not talented enough to chase after him. 
like Seattle's defense and their edge rushers, they were able to get some pressure, but they're not really as quick and like freakish as Micah Parsons. So Purdy was able to actually get to the corners. But Parsons will chase Purdy down more often than not. And those are the type of plays, those like 11, 12-yard sacks, those moments when a player is draped all over you as you throw the ball. Those can be a real concern. So I think Dallas's defense poses some interesting problems to the 49ers insofar as they might be the defense most attuned to taking advantage of Brock Purdy. Both them and Philadelphia, I think, will be really, really good tests if the 49ers can play Philadelphia next week and how Purdy handles the type of pressure. Then offensively, I just think the running game is going to be a really interesting battle. I don't know how much of a concern it is because the 49ers defense has been exceptional against the run, but there's been like a sense in which this exceptionality is equally caused by game situation. Namely, teams don't really run the ball in the 49ers in the second half because they can't because they're down a lot and need to throw the ball. But Dallas has a really good running back in Tony Pollard and then a formerly really good running back in Ezekiel Elliott who can still like get you some hard-nosed yards up the middle. And if the 49ers defense kind of plays like it did against the Seahawks, in some sense, in the beginning of the game, and definitely in that second quarter when Seattle was able to get points in bunches, then Dallas can essentially take control of the game. So it's really all about kind of, it's in many ways the flip of why I'm optimistic for this game. It's just, can you avoid turnovers and can you take advantage of the defense enough to basically predicate the game on your terms. And if the 49ers do that, they'll be fine. But, you know, Dallas is a good team. This will be, this will be a fun game. And (laughs) it's not a guarantee that the Niners will be able to impose their will like they have for the past 11 games. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc yeah um i, I mean i'm pretty much right there with you i think this is i think it's pretty safe to say this is the the best team they've played since kansas city um which is probably why cowboy fans and and, and pundits and that sort of thing are, are leaning into that game so much because um other teams that the Niners have played since then have even been have, have either been hurt you know missing key players like you think about the Chargers who are probably uh, up there in terms of talent with Dallas but they were missing several players they also have Brandon Staley as their head coach which helps um you know Miami was probably at the end of where they might have been considered one of the top tier teams in the league and they started their precipitous fall once that Niners game came um <clears throat> but I think it, I think it's fairly safe to say this this Cowboys team is the best team they played since since Kansas City. And so that's got to give you a little pause, because when you get to the playoffs, the, the margins become even thinner. Right. Um, the 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 ability that you have to to kind of get away with certain things can can lessen because the teams are better across the board. And so my my reason for concern would be that, as you said, that. <clears throat> excuse me, when teams are that close uh, in terms of the fine margins, there's a chance that the the game could tilt one way or the other, right? It's not necessarily going to be um, 
an opportunity for them to go out and just impose their will necessarily in the way that they did against Seattle in that second half or against some of the, the other teams that they've played over this this long win streak where they have sometimes been able to just jump out and just just take care of teams systematically from the from the jump. Um, and consequently, I think that's going to be really important. As you noted, the the game script is is a real heavy factor on what Dallas is going to be able to do. So I think it's going to be really important that the, the Niners get off to a good start. Um, yeah, they they pretty much they they got off to a pretty decent start against Seattle, and I think that really made the difference, right? They were up ten nothing, um, pretty early in the game, and while that didn't end up holding, like they ended up losing that lead, and you know they were down at the half. I, I think if you, I think there's a case to be made that if they were not off to that pretty decent start, that they might not have had, they might not, they would not have been in a position even when the when the second half started to kind of jump out and take the lead and then never let it go. And so I think it's really important that they do that again against this Dallas team, put them in a position where they have to throw the ball, put them in a position where they're one dimensional. And then there's a pretty good chance if you do that, that Dak Prescott is going to put the ball in harm's way. And so uh, that's, (laughs) that's a weird way of talking about concern. Um, But I, you know, my concern turns into ways that the Ford Nanich can overcome that concern. Um, And the concern is just, it's the divisional round of the playoffs. There are only so, so few teams left. Um, there's only four on each side. It's the 49ers against the NFC East. <laughs> what are you going to do at this point? Um, it's a it's a good team staring across the the way, and you got to make sure that you don't make mistakes. For sure. And to that point of it being a good team, I think you know another thing we should talk about that we haven't really mentioned is. Dak Prescott's probably the best quarterback the 49ers have faced in this stretch since Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert also. So, but Herbert's like weapons during that Chargers game were so, so like in disarray. It's hard to argue he was able to play to his full capabilities. But you know, it's it's an important thing that like the not this is not us saying that the 49ers are not good enough to beat the Cowboys. Quite the opposite. I think both of us are fairly confident in the 49ers' abilities. But it's just worth noting that, like, for the next three games, unless you play the Giants, because I – apologies, but I'm not a Daniel Jones believer, per se. He's a good quarterback, but he's not an elite quarterback. You will play a very a very good to elite quarterback every step of the way. And those players cause unique stresses on your defenses. And that's a huge deal because the last elite, elite quarterback the 49ers played had his way with the defense, essentially. So it's going to be – it's a real challenge. But, you know, there's also – this understanding that the 49ers are in terms of weighted DVOA and the eye test and basically any logic that takes a look at like wins one of, if not the best teams in the NFL right now, they've played exceptionally well. They've taken care of business against any team they've played against. And they've haven't shown us in this 11 game win streak that they're not able to take on the challenge. So this is, I mean, I'm saying this a lot. It's going to be a fun game because this is really going to be a a battle and it's going to be a chance for the 49ers to show their mettle and really demonstrate why they deserve to be in this playoff push and be considered a Super Bowl contender. I mean, at this point, you got to just keep beating the teams that are in front of you and, as I said, they're going to keep getting better more than likely uh, as you move along. Of course, there's there's always chances that you'll you'll face a lesser team along the way. Like if the Giants beat Philadelphia and they have to come to to Santa Clara for the NFC Championship game, I'll be feeling a lot better about that than if the Niners have to go to Philadelphia, right? Um, if it's Jacksonville or or to a less to a lesser extent, um, the Bengals out of the AFC and the Niners get to the Super Bowl. I'm going to feel be feeling a lot better that, about that matchup than I will if it's Buffalo or Kansas City. That's just the way this goes. But um, more than but the thing is, 
also, if the Giants win that game, then that means they're capable of taking down Philadelphia, which means they could be capable of doing similar things to the Niners. If Jacksonville makes it all the way to the to the Super Bowl from a from a nine and eight record or a nine and seven record or whatever it was nine and eight when they started, yeah, right, um, stupid seventeen games. Uh, <laughs> they that they're obviously doing something right, you know. Like it's it's hard to make an it's it's hard to look at it and go, oh well, that team cannot beat us or that that sort of thing. So there's always going to be an area of concern in that regard. But as you say, I I'm definitely. I definitely think that this Niners team can win this game against Dallas, and and I think they could beat anybody else, anybody that's on the um, on the possible slate from here on out. Um, but we take one game at a time for sure. Um, all right, uh, Akshaz, any final thoughts about this one before we get into the predictions? Um, I just think there's the one thing I will say though that. I think people shouldn't be worried about it. And I don't know if people are even worried about this, but there's a sense of pressure that comes with playing the Cowboys' final game of the divisional slate, all eyes on you, that I don't think the 49ers will be concerned with. And also just think that, you know, Levi's Stadium has become a very, very good home field for the 49ers. So there are a lot of – this is – this will be a fun game, but this is a this is a game the 49ers should have. Yeah, for sure. All right. So um let's let's do all four games. We did all of them last week, so let's do all four. We'll start um last last week we start, we went backwards because we wanted to do the Niners last. This time we don't have to go backwards. So we'll start uh Chiefs Jaguars in Kansas City. Uh Kansas City is currently favored by nine points. Um, heading into that game, it's at 4:30 Eastern Time on Saturday afternoon. Um, what do you think? Who wins, and is it a close game or whatever? I'm gonna say Kansas City wins, even though I really want Jacksonville to win. I think there's just too much talent on the Kansas City side of things. I do think it'll be a close game, though. I just I don't really see any of these like teams anymore playing in absolute blowouts. I think the playoffs helps reduce some of the disparity, but Kansas City wins, but Jacksonville, I would take Jacksonville plus 9.5, I guess, or plus 9. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, I think I'm right there with you. Uh, if there is a game that could end up in a blowout, I think this might be the one um, just because of the discrepancy in, in talent across the board. I think I already said this, but I think Jacksonville is probably a year ahead of schedule in terms of where they're, you know, stepping into being a contender in, in a true sense. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity. The fact that they came back and won that game, that crazy game against uh, the Chargers last week was was great opportunity for them. But this is probably the end of the road. I'm right there with you. I think it'd be so cool if they won, mostly because I just want the Chiefs to be out of it because I don't like them anymore. Um, <laughs> no offense to the Chiefs or the Chiefs fans. Um, they're just scary. And so I just want them out. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's a closer game than people think, but I think Kansas City wins. Um, that leads us to the Giants traveling to Philadelphia for their game, 8-15 Saturday evening in the Eastern time zone. This is also a touchdown plus uh, spread. Uh, I'm looking at, at ESPN. They say seven and a half to Philadelphia. Akchaz, what do you think? So I'm going to go against the grain, and I'm going to pick the Giants. Part of this is me wishing the Giants will win. So, But part of me is also kind of just identifying the fact that the Giants' win against the Vikings was off a fairly like repeatable script in a sense. And Philadelphia is extremely talented, but I think the Giants, it's kind of that – old adage we were talking about last week with the 49ers and Seahawks it's really hard to beat a team three times and divisional games are just weird and you know we only have really one good sense of how the Eagles and Giants stack up and that was a 
week 14, I want to say, or week 10, perhaps. Um, it was December 11th. They played, and the Eagles crushed them. <clears throat> it's 48 to 22. So, are the Eagles favored for a reason? For sure. But I think, you know, the Giants have been playing well. Their defense has been making big plays. Dexter Lawrence is a game changer on the defensive line. The defensive line is chilling. And, you know, all it takes is a couple mistakes. The Eagles starting off slow because of, you know, rust perhaps. They haven't played in two weeks, basically. None of their important players. And with the wonkiness of a divisional game, I'm willing to say this could be the upset. Now, I, mean, I could be totally <laughs> wrong, and I'm going to say I I would not be surprised if the Eagles won by 30, but <laughs> I, I'm going to say this is the upset of the week. I, I like it. I like the the, the fortitude there, um, and I'm definitely in favor of, of that because, again, if – the uh it, it it would add some juice to the to the Cowboys Niners game right because then the winner knows they're hosting the NFC Championship game uh which would be great for the 49ers who have not had to leave uh Santa Clara since they were in Vegas like it'll be all it'll been a month I think by the time the NFC Championship game comes around uh so that would be fantastic um and and so you know what I'm I'm going to go with you I'm going with you I'm riding I'm riding the train I think it's 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 going to be the only way this works is if it ends up being a game like similar to the one that they played in the last game of the season, right? Um, where it is very low scoring. Um, the winner probably doesn't get more than 20 or 24 points, maybe 23. I could see it being a sort of like last minute field goal, last minute score. The Giants take the take the win, something like that. They win like. I don't know, like 23-21 or something like that and some kind of goofy um <clears throat> goofy thing or something something along those lines. I could I could certainly see them them winning it like that. They are not going to win if it turns into a, a a shootout or anything like that. They don't have the the horses for it. So um if their defense can play well enough to keep it close, then I can certainly see that coming and so I'm going to root for it cuz why not, right? <laughs> Chaos. It's the it's the playoffs. All right. Uh, the afternoon game on Sunday uh, will be Bengals-Bills. Another pretty good matchup there. Uh, Bengals travel to uh, to Buffalo to play that game. Um, my friend was a friend of mine was asking why isn't it on a neutral site, and I said it's not a neutral site till the end till the AFC Championship game. Um, I don't quite understand why, but that was just that was a weird situation. Um, five and a half point spread for Buffalo, who had a rough time with Miami last week. Uh, that was definitely a game I was expecting to be a blowout, and it was not. Um, and so here come the Bengals, who are playing pretty good football. Although they also had a struggle game against uh, against the Ravens. Both these teams are kind of coming off, you know, mediocre wild card performances. Um, so something's got to give. Which direction do you think this goes? This is, I think this is going to be the best game. I'm going to go with the Bengals because while I think Buffalo is all things equal and completely healthy, a better team, Von Miller is not. Okay, I'm going to double check this, but I'm very confident that Von Miller is not playing. Yeah, he's. I think he's done for the year. So I think that's a huge game changer in a certain sense. And I just think Buffalo has this very, very weird kind of performance to them where talent-wise in terms of top end and even depth, they're right there. They're at worst a top five team in the league. And they play like a top five team. But unlike a team like Kansas City, which is very consistently good, Buffalo has high highs and low lows, and the Bengals are well-built. I think their defense is a lot better than it gets credit for. It's a huge asset for their team, and I just think, you know, again, divisional games are weird, so it's hard to make a one-to-one comparison with last week, but if Skylar Thompson puts 31 or so points on the board against your defense, that's that's pretty concerning, and I don't think Josh Allen played particularly well, and I think out of all the good quarterbacks left, so 
apologies 49ers fans I will not be including Brock Purdy in that like in that category I would say he's the quarterback you are most likely to catch having a god-awful day and if that happens then the Bills are dead to rights so I think the Bengals offensively and defensively have enough talent to stay with the Bills and I just think there's a I'm expecting this to be a game where the Bills kind of have one of those high variance performances and Buffalo is able to I'm sorry the Bengals are able to take advantage of it yeah I, th- I think that makes sense um I'm gonna I, I think uh, the 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 Bills might just be slightly better um than the Bengals I think that there's a case to be made but I, you know I could see this going either way but just for the sake of of conversation I'm, I'm gonna go the other the the, off, the opposite direction um instead of a rematch um of the NFC of the AFC championship game last year we get Bills and Chiefs which is really what the NFL wants so <laughs> there you go um all right so which leads us to the uh Niners Cowboys game uh as we've talked about a great deal already but uh what do you think Akshaz which way is this gonna go so, like I said last week in our predictions, I'm, I'm too superstitious to pick against the 49ers. But I honestly do believe the 49ers will win this game. I think there's a lot of deserved talk about how they've played against top, top-tier competition. But the team was very different than the one that played against Kansas City. And I have good reason to believe that with Brock Purdy playing the way he is and Christian McCaffrey fully integrated, They might not have won against Kansas City, but they certainly would have been able to keep it close because that game was really an example of the defense not being able to show up and the offense not being able to keep pace. And I don't really think that's the case anymore for the 49ers, where you can have both sides of the ball simply be overwhelmed. I think the 49ers will be able to run the ball effectively. I think they'll be able to get explosive pass plays. And I think they'll contain the Cowboys' offense enough to, despite what the final score may be, they'll be able to stay in control. Could they lose? Sure. Is it probably the most likely game out of the last 12, including this, that they would lose? Yeah. But, you know, there's something about this team that's just clicking at the right moment, and I think it's hard to discount that. So I'll go... 49ers, 31, Cowboys, 23. Yeah, I, I mean, as I said, I'm, I've, I, they have, I have picked against the Niners in certain circumstances, uh, but I try not to do it because not about superstition, just because I, I you know, we're, this is a Niner, 49ers podcast. Why would we pick against them? But I, I am definitely in agreeance with you on pretty much everything that you said there. The other thing that, that, that crosses my mind is I mentioned this already, like, <clears throat> is this matchup, if you look at this matchup versus the one from last year, the Cowboys are probably maybe slightly worse than they were last season because they miss, they're missing a, a secondary option at wide receiver. Um, and I think maybe there's a case to be made their offensive line is a little bit weaker. Um, whereas the Niners are a better team than they were last year. They man, they stand to be a lot healthier uh, on, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, <clears throat> and they have more weapons on the offensive side of the ball. We didn't even mention Elijah Mitchell, uh, who had a big impact on the, the game against Seattle either. So, there's just so many, there's too much, I think, for Dallas to, to contend with. And uh, the likelihood that they're going to be able to snuff out literally every person on that offense seems seems very slim to me. Um, and I think if you take away a couple of uh, mistakes by a certain uh, quarterback from last season, the last year's game is a blowout. Um, and the, the Niners kind of stepped up, took their foot off the gas a little bit last year and let uh, Dak and the, and the offense get back into it. I don't anticipate that's going to happen again this year. So I think it, it might be a little closer early on than, than, than the 49ers fans might, might want it to be. But I think just like last week, they are going to pull it away. And so I'm going to go um, similar to you, but not quite. I'm not going to give Dallas quite as much fun. I'm going to go 31-17. Um, the Niners offense with Brock Purdy has consistently scored in the 30s. 
uh, there's no reason to suggest that they won't be able to do that again um, <laughs> against Dallas, uh, especially if Dallas is in a position where they have to, where they're not able to to control the game and dictate things as far as that that is concerned. So, um, Aksha, has any final thoughts on this one before we uh, wrap it up? I'm gonna say this now more than ever, but <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be a fun game. It's gonna be one of those games that I think will be imprinted on this absurd season of the 49ers, win or loss, Justin, the magnanimity of it. There's a real chance that the 49ers basically play their playoff demons this year. They played the Seahawks. Now they play the Cowboys. If they play the Giants, then they play the Chiefs. That's a whole lot of heartbreak that's been Mm -hmm. caused by four teams. So (laughs) there's something in the air. Maybe. Just got to enjoy the ride because 11 straight wins trying to make it 12, that's that's almost unprecedented. And it's not often that you can just sit back and watch a team and be pretty confident that they're going to put their best shot for all 60 minutes. So I guess we'll talk to you guys on Monday and we'll see how it went. Hopefully. Hopefully we'll have good things to talk about then, but uh, good good word there at the end. Yeah, you always come through for me when I say, do you have any final things to say? And you, you, were the, you always hit it out of the park, if you mind, if you don't mind the mixed uh, sports metaphor. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, until then, uh, we, uh, will, we will watch the game, and hopefully it will be an exciting game, and it will be a fun game, and it will be a game that the 49ers win. But um, as always, thanks for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Please continue to check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. Lots of good stuff on there about the upcoming Cowboys game as you're finishing off your weekend. Uh, and be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And, of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.